TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 537, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wheatonopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue and live in Hollywood. All right, let's start off with the news. And this week, Tom has the news for us. What do you got, Tom? I got lots, because we've got to catch up a little bit. Uh, ABC has renewed out Abbott Elementary for season two. Yay! Hey. Amazon has ordered the a YA thriller Shelter to series with Jaden Michael starring. Anansi Boys has added Fiona Shaw and CCH Pounder to the cast. At AMC, Alexandra Daddario has been cast as the lead in the Mayfair Witches series. Apple TV Plus, Sharon Horgan's dark com- comedy Bad Sister will star her and Marie Duff, Eva Birthwistle. Sarah Green and Eve Houston as the Garvey sisters. Uh, B- BET Studios has re- has inked an overall deal with uh, Taraji P. Henson's production company, and they've renewed Tyler Perry's The Oval and Sisters. CW has given early renewals to seven of their series, All-American, Riverdale, Flash, Superman and Lois, Nancy Drew, Walker, and Kung Fu. Um, so we know what the we know that gr- the plans for Grownish Season 5, basically all the cast is the, the the existing cast, everybody pretty much graduated except for Zoe and her boyfriend are staying, and then uh, Doug, played by Dickie Simmons, is staying, and Marcus Scribner is joining the cast uh, as Junior, and they ran a little teaser at the end of the season finale where he's trying to get into the school, and he's pushing the wrong way in the door. <laughs> they always dog that kid out. Uh, HBO has announced My Brilliant Friend will be picked up for a fourth and final season. Yeah. True Detective Season 4 is in the works from Barry Jenkins and Issa Lopez. And Jodie Comer, yay, will star in the drama series Big Swiss from executive producer Adam McKay. HBO Max has picked up And Just Like That for Season 2. NBC announced that New Amsterdam will end with Season 5. And Sean Astin will play Dwayne Johnson's childhood nemesis in an upcoming episode of Young Rock. In the new, the boo of the week, Netflix has canceled Archive 81. Boo! Uh, Paramount Plus added more to the Teen, Teen Wolf revival cast, including Ian Bowen and Kylan Rambo, reprising their roles from the series. Laisla de, de, de Oliveira will join Zoe Saldana in the espionage series Lioness from Taylor Sheridan. And in the huh news of the week, Strange New Worlds has cast Paul Wesley as Kirk for... for uh... Can I boo that preemptively? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for the the kid from the order, but whatevs. No, I mean um, my my issue is one Paul Wesley's too old because the whole thing about Kirk is he's one of the youngest captains ever, and at this point Paul Wesley is what thirty five forty like easy yeah and and Kirk at this point should be like twenty five something yeah well, he's got that vampire blood from uh, <laughs> oh whatever man <laughs> I don't know hey I'm just reporting it I didn't make the decision. Um, and then finally, uh, Peacock has announced that Betty Gilpin will play a nun battling AI 
in the upcoming Mrs. Davis from Damon Lindelof and Tara Hernandez. Okay. I don't know what that means, but okay, sure. All right. Artificial intelligence. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know why my brain froze on that, but let's go on with the shows. First up, we're going to talk Killing Eve, and we have two episodes to talk about to the point where I actually forgot to watch the newest one. I suck. But Allison, you're caught up, right? Yeah, I am. Okay. Do, do we want to talk about both of them, even if you haven't seen that one? <laughs> well, the last <laughs> thing we talked about, I know, I just realized, because I was on a roll. I watched, like, three episodes of Killing Eve, and I was like, oh, this is so great. I only have one more left, and then I totally forgot. Uh, so, but the last thing, but we could talk about the next two, because the last time we talked... Killing Eve, we ended with her seeing the Jesus version of herself, and she killed, she had just killed uh, that family in a very brutal, disturbing way, because, you know, she's Eve. Uh, And so, where we left off is now she's just kind of floundering. She really doesn't know who she, not Eve, sorry, Villanelle. She really doesn't know who she is or what she's supposed to be doing. She's kind of tried redemption. Doesn't feel like she kind of nailed that. So she goes to Eve and is like, I need help. And of course Eve is like, I'm over you, whatever, which is so weird. It feels like we missed something between their relationship because last season they kind of go off together. Like they're together. And now Eve is like that episode didn't happen. So they've obviously had some sort of fight. Like I, I'm confused about what's going on with the two of them. But I mean, not that I don't understand why when Eve finds out that she, you know, brutally kills this family that she's done with her. Like, I get that. But it's still kind of weird. Like, we missed a chapter. Allison, what do you think? Despite the fact that, yeah, I have kind of the same feelings that you do that I missed something, I am just kind of setting that aside right now, and I'm going with the flow of the rest of the season, and I am enjoying the rest of the season and seeing what they're doing, the 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 relationship that they've got now um, where they're back on the outs is still compelling because now they've, they, they're back to the cat and mouse thing, and that still works for them, and I... I Really, except that I, but Villanelle is, we know as the audience that Villanelle is genuine with her wanting Eve's help. Like, she genuinely is lost and wants Eve to help her, but Eve is just not even interested. And to the point where she turns her in and gets her arrested, which is like, oh, like, what is that going to do? Right. Well, but I think Eve. Eve has become very single-minded in that there's there's really only one thing that she cares about anymore, and that's going after the Twelve. Right. And if Villanelle is going to keep inserting herself in the way, you know, trying to just, you know, be be needy and, you know, have this these other issues, she's just she's just getting in the way of that. So, I mean, there is a way, there, there certainly is a way that the two of them could work together to do that and she could use Villanelle to do that but she's not seeing that right now she's just seeing Villanelle as an impediment so she just kind of whacks her away and and you know just boom and gets her arrested of course that lasts all of about five minutes but, um... <laughs> I have to say I don't like 
Eve's relationship with the French woman that I can't think of her name. Helene? Yeah. Helene. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, obviously they're using each other. Like, they're not even pretending that they're not using each other. But but I have to give them comedy points for that awkward bath scene. Like, Oh, that was gold. Eve, Eve was, like, <laughs> trying to, like, seduce her, I think. That's where she was going with. Like, she starts stripping her clothes off and... And and she's trying to be all sexy time, and then they get into the tub, and then the tub just squeaks, and there's, like, stuff <laughs> underneath it, and then she just gives up. She's like, yeah, this is really uncomfortable. Um, that was hilarious. I, I love that, because that's, you know, that's such a trope, too, to, you know, suddenly, you know, get in the same bath or the same shower together, and sexy times uh, yeah. ensue. Um, and, and to show this, this reality of actually, it would be really cramped and awkward in there. <laughs> and it, it was just, and nobody would know what to do with their feet and it would, it would squeak. And yeah, all of that was, was just, was just it fantastic. Was, it so was really it. funny, but now they're like doing a weird thing between Eve and her because obviously Helene is super evil. She is the villain of the season. And so having them kind of kiss and make out, I was like, no, get away. Like, I I apparently am, I, I, that upset me more than I thought it would. So um, I don't, I don't like this new relationship. And I kind of want, I feel like if, if Villanelle knew that that was going on, then she'd just kill Elaine and we'd be done with it. You know, that's, that's basically how she, and I'm like, yes, let's have her find out. But uh, the look on Eve's face, though, when she realizes the Villanelle's out of jail, it was kind of like, ooh, now... Because she she hasn't really felt afraid of Villanelle in forever. And now she's like, oh, can I be afraid of her again? And that, mm-hmm. like, turned her on. And it's like, I was like, Eve, you're weird. So... <laughs> Everything about their dynamic is is strange, but I think that's the compelling part of the show. I think right. the other part of the show that that um, is not really working out to me because I still haven't figured out how this this you know connects. It, and normally, I love everything with Constantine, right? But I I'm trying to figure out what is going on with him and this new trainee he's got. The trainee's um, hilarious, though. I, I think she's he's... she's funny, but it's like. She's been first of all. She's been introduced in the very last season. This is a character who, she's weird enough that I feel like shouldn't we be like introduced to her a few just just with seasons to go because she's someone you could develop. Because I, I mean, this can't go very far. We know because the season is only just so long, and this is it. Um, so there's that, and the other thing is I just because of it being so abbreviated i just don't see how she plays into all of this i mean you know yes she's an interesting character in and of herself but i don't i don't get how she's suddenly so vitally important to this story that we have they to spend needed so to much introduce, time yeah yeah we needed to introduce a whole new character in the season's very last so I, I just i just don't get that i think that. they did that to give also to give Constantine something to do. Otherwise he'd just be sitting in an office being the mayor of wherever he's the mayor of. Well, I guess, but I mean, they could, they could still bring him in to have something to do with Villanelle. I, I, you know, it just seems like they could just do something other than introduce this whole new character. 
Um, and like I don't, I, said, I don't mind her. Uh, yeah, I like, I like her. It's very good. Yeah. But I just, it seems like I, I, every time we go to those scenes, I feel like, shouldn't I be watching what Eve is doing? Shouldn't I be checking in on Villanelle? Um, instead of watching this, it just, or even, or even what Carolyn is doing, I'll, I'll watch that. But I, all the rest of it is, is. I don't, like, I don't mind. Okay, yeah. I don't mind it right now. So I'm willing to see how it does connect. Cause I think you're, I think it does, but I don't know yet. Oh, I'm how. sure it will eventually, but I just, I would like to get some idea more of at this point, cause we've already devoted several episodes to this. So I, I would like to have more sense of where this is going and how. Okay. That's valid. All right. Let's move on. I think overall we're still giving it a thumbs up, right? Oh yeah. Definitely. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about We Crashed, which is on Hulu, I want to say. No, our... Apple. Oh. Apple. All right, Peter, go ahead. You're, I think you're the canary in the coal mine, as we say. Yeah, uh, what would you think? I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of these, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's essentially there's this onslaught of 10 years after, well, now it's 12 years. 12 years after the social network, we basically have a lot of, um, we have a lot of like stories about tech people that are usually pretty terrible. Um, and it's usually about their rise and fall and dropout. We crashed. I, I don't know about inventing Anna, but a lot of them, they're basically like they were successful podcasts and now they're like shows and stuff. And um, I find all that stuff very interesting. Like, I don't, I'm not a true crime person, but I don't know, for some reason I find this stuff interesting. We Crash, I knew nothing about We Work. Um, I don't know if any of you guys you knew. So We Work was basically a, a shared workspace that became kind of a thing, um, especially for like the millennial kind of like, you know, people doing startups and stuff. Um, and so the show is eight episodes and it's... Um, Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway playing a married couple who uh, Adam Newman is the guy who ran WeWork and his wife, Rebecca, sort of, sort of was running to two to a degree. Um, the production value is great. Like, it looks great. The music's great. Like, it really captures, like, this kind of 2000s to mid to, or mid to, uh, 2010s, like, vibe. I will say it's... One of those shows, though, that unlike we'll talk about Pachinko soon, um, I I get a lot of pleasure out of watching performances by actors, and they're usually like movie stars. When I think their performances are a little hammy, where I'm like, well, this is a little cheesy. I actually kind of I feel like if the if, if it warrant if it's warranted by the subject matter. Which, when you're playing these very narcissistic, ego-driven people are, I think it works. I can see some people watching something like We Crash and being like, oh man, this is so, this character, this is so broad and these people are so terrible. But to me, that's part of the enjoyment. I really like seeing that kind of, like, I don't know, it's it's a hard thing to see. But anyways... Um, I've, I have seen all the episodes, um, Apple gave me a screener of it and I think it's a pretty good run. Like, especially for a person who I really didn't know much about this. Like, whereas the dropout, which I also liked, um, I knew that cause I listened to the podcast and I watched the H HBO doc, but, um, I really liked We Crash and everything. And I, 
I, I will say last week, because I'll, I'll wrap it up, like Succession, which is also about terrible people, I do think there's like a famous quote, I think it's Scorsese's character in Quiz Show, where it's like some people, sometimes what people really like is they like to see the money. And I think that maybe that's part of the fascination with stories about tech people is because if the, if the production is good, you are see like Succession, which isn't really tech, but you're seeing so much money and all and all this power and everything. And I I find that very interesting. Again, absolutely not for everybody, um, but uh, yeah, I dug it. I, I I thought it was pretty solid. All right. Uh, so I take it you're giving that thumbs up. So we're moving yeah, yeah. on to uh, next up. We're going to talk about Picard. And this week's this was episode. Well, we have two episodes to talk about. Episode two and three, I believe, for Picard, since we've been off for two weeks. Um, or off for a week, at least. Uh, Picard, I, I feel like, is is kind of firing on, on all cylinders. Well, at least so far. I'm really enjoying it, as opposed to season one, where it started off well and then quickly crashed and burned. I feel like we're we're getting exactly what they promised. Which is, uh, we get time travel, we get uh, we get Picard front, we get him front and center, but they're still managing to have all the action stuff happen with the the other characters. But the conversation, the Borg Queen, yeah, so I was about to say he has a great conversation with the Borg Queen, which I really really liked, and it was super satisfying. And then you have the other characters you know, stuck in the past in 2024. Um, And they're dealing with, they're in LA, so they're looking at, you know, the homelessness issue. And then you've got Rios is, is getting captured by ice and getting deported. So they're dealing with stuff that's happening now, which is, you know, a bit progressive for the show. Some of it feels a little on the nose where I'm just kind of like, yes, I know I live in LA. Can we keep going? (laughs) Um, But than the two-parter on Deep Space Nine where they had the bell riots. I mean, all these people whining about Trek being so woke all of a sudden haven't been paying attention. No, I'm not complaining about that. That's not my issue. Oh, okay. No, it's just a general thing. It's like people hate watch the show just so they complain about it. It's like, I wish I had time to hate watch series just to complain about them on social media. <laughs> I only watch it by love. We're just going to talk about. Don't I don't care about social media. Let's just talk about the show, which is I'm just saying that some of the stuff I like that they have the comments, like especially when they see the fires that are going on in California. You know, they're they're, they're talking about that that you know humanity's about to burn the earth and stuff like that. So that stuff I have no problem with. I just don't... I like the introduction of it. I guess my thing is, I don't want them to... I watch Star Trek for, yes, the social commentary that they do, but they kind of disguise it in sci-fi. I would like it to be on a more subtle level versus on the nose. Is, well, the I guess problem what is I'm they saying. travel to our era. So I know, I know. It's going to be know. on the nose. It's going to be... But I'm just saying, let's not stay on the nose. I don't mind the first episode being on the nose. I'm just saying, let's deal with... Hey, let's figure out the watcher. Let's do this stuff. I will say that the actress that they got to play Guinan was interesting. I like the actress, but the character of Guinan felt felt so different. 
I'm like, I don't understand how they're doing. I mean, because we've seen Guinan when the Enterprise D crew traveled back to to the uh, late 19th century. So they're just playing fast. Yeah, it was like 1893. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was the same person. Yeah, I know. It, it just makes my head hurt. And well, then... I know. I mean, I, but the problem is, of course, is that Whoopi Goldberg has gotten older. And well, so. I know, right. So they're trying to. I mean, to... technically, they could digitally, you know. Seriously. I, I think this... they didn't want to. And spend I think the they, they would have been better served that. to do that, actually, because I, I, as good as the actress is who's, who's doing this. She just doesn't feel like Guinan to me. Yeah, she seems more. She was so hostile. I was like, "What happened, Guinan? I'm sorry." You know. So she like her aggressiveness towards Picard was weird. Like I, I'm not overly like I, I wasn't. I'm. They're playing fast and loose, and that she doesn't recognize Picard because. I was talking to one of my friends who's a big sci-fi geek. He was like, they went back to 1902, and Picard introduced himself to her, so she knows who he is. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So technically, Guinan should know who he is. But I was like, whatever, I'll let that go. But really what my concern was was the way she's playing the character. She's so kind of angry that that doesn't feel like Guinan. Yeah, I know. It's very it's very one note. I did read an article that made sense because that I was looking at that scene and, and thinking, um, shouldn't you know who he is also? And apparently from according to the showrunners, they are saying this because the time was was screwed oh, around. Oh, that makes they're sense. They're in an alternate timeline where she never, never went did to nineteen oh two. Yes. Yeah, because, there, yeah. There was no Picard to yeah, go back. Yeah, that's that's to. actually so, okay. That's valid. So that's can... that's how that works out. Okay. But you know, I you, you were saying the, the, the whole heavy handedness and I, I have to agree. I as as much as I laugh at, at at people who say, When did they become so woke? Um which is ridiculous because it's it's that's that's exactly what it's famous for. Yeah, that's what it's Star Trek, yeah, Star Trek what is famous for that right. uh, at, at the same time there the writing for for this is just so bad um it's so heavy and and just anvil on the head and, and i i like the wanting I've... them to do something a little more subtle a little right. more clever right. um instead of instead of just saying these are the problems we have today. Watch our crew comment on them from the enlightened perspective. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh God, please stop. Plus, I, like, I don't, I don't, I don't mind like it. And it concentrates too much on him. I don't mind them. Like I said, the first episode, when they get to 2024, it totally makes sense that they would comment on it. That's fine. I'm just saying now that we're there, let's just concentrate on the sci-fi aspect I of agree. the story. I agree. I don't. Yeah. I, I like. I mean, that's and you, all you can saying. still comment, but just make it more subtle, please. Make it <laughs> yeah. so. Make, make it, it so. so. Uh, Tom, do you have any thoughts before we move on? Nah, I thought killing Elnor was completely unnecessary. If they're going to undo it, it it smacks of false stakes. And you they're... know they're going to undo it because oh, as they were putting him in, they said, we need to save him by changing the timeline. It's like, okay. I, I did like the car chase with Seven and Robbie. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> that was fun because... Uh... It's a yellow light. That means speed up. <laughs> <laughs> I just really liked how irritated Seven was with all the backseat commentary She's like, she's like, do you want to drive? I can pull over and let you drive. 
Like, all of that was great. I, I love their banter. Conversations with my late mother. <laughs> <laughs> I loved their banter. I loved how much uh, Seven was annoyed with her. All of that was fantastic. And so, yeah, I mean, other than that commentary stuff, I agree. But I really do like, I like the Borg Queen. I like how she's trying to be manipulative and how people are kind of dodging her manipulations. So the crew doesn't come off being completely stupid, but the Borg Queen... I think Jurati bit off more than she can chew. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's... Yeah. she's Although she's I, I love her, her interactions head. with the Borg Queen. Like, you know, after she, tried, she connected with her, right. she, she then comes out and says... You know, computer, pull up file shit I've stolen from the board <laughs> That cracked me up. I yeah, that was good. But Girardi, is, you're right. She's she's trying to go toe-to-toe with the board queen. And I don't think she's quite capable of it. I think she really nope. needs to be careful. Um, but let's move on. I still think thumbs up right now. I'm still really enjoying the show. Um, next up, we're talk about the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. Which was okay, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say the hard sci-fi of communicating with a brand new race was awesome. That I was really, I really liked in the finale, they got to a point where they thought they were communicating. The only thing is that having that Admiral really be swayed by this guy didn't make any sense. Uh, by what is the, the billionaire dude? I can't think of his name. So the Admiral being swayed by them was just bonkers to me and then she gets forgiven at the like whatever like that all of that was re- less sense that all of that oh, was not, ridiculous not, not the admiral the, that's, that's the uh isn't that the president not the pre- is that the president of earth no no, no it was the, no that was the, the admiral or general. general yeah she she basically blew up their plans uh, endangered the ship yeah, yeah, did yeah, all yeah. those things and at the end she gets a she gets a medal because she went on a mission and almost was suicide so everything's forgiven I don't think so that's not how that works I also didn't like that at the end uh, book his consequences was you're going to help refugees even though you almost killed us all as well like what like I liked that he realized he was wrong and that he was like, you know what? I was totally wrong. I'll take my consequences. Tell me what my punishment is. And they're like, oh, we're just going to give you a slap on the wrist. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, all of that was just blah. I hated it. I hated it. If you're going to have a character break the rules, do something off for, you know, if at first I thought they were going to kill him. And then when they don't, I was like, well, then he has to have consequences. And his consequences were ridiculous. His consequences is you're going to be recurring instead of a series lead for the next season or two. Yep, yep. I, that was just it was it was stupid. It. it was stupid. I was it was it, it was so ridiculous. And as soon as the thing is, I kept thinking, oh, they're really going to kill him off. Okay, okay, I'm I'm on board with that. He'll atone for what he did wrong, and that that it's fine. And and then it, as soon as he he disappeared with the transporter thing, I thought, nah, he's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, no way. yeah, the way they did Pattern it was buffer. that's that's, yeah. a, that's a dull way to get rid of your character. Yeah. You would have to do something heroically self-sacrificing. And that's the other thing with the general is that as soon as she said, you know, she was on this suicide mission, I figured, okay, well, that's how she redeems herself. She she gets killed doing this. Nope. And then we nope. don't have to deal with her character. And then for some reason, they backed out of that, too. And I thought, oh, is, is there like an age category thing that you're going for here you can't kill her off because that would upset the kids i i have no idea what went yeah. on in that scene but she's i so... did have 
clearly needed to die there. And then they backed off and did something stupid where they didn't even give her consequences. Like you said, no. this, she should have been a court-martialed. Yeah. She got a medal. Oh, it's crazy. It was nice. I did like that Saru got his, uh, got his uh, Vulcan sweetie. That was nice. That was, yeah. it, but it just felt everything was puppies and rainbows at the end. I know. It's like nobody, nobody the, only, the only person who died, and that's questionable too, because they could even have him show up later. Oh, we don't want um, him. Oh, yeah, because he did the certainly transporter. Don't, but, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he did the interdimensional transporter as the ship was blowing up. But I got the feeling that they were showing that it didn't work. Like, well, he does it, and hope, it didn't look but, like it you know, didn't work. Yeah. What's they that made old... so many bad judgments with this with this particular episode that I would not be surprised if he shows up at some later point and he's like, I found another dimension. Um, oh, please, no. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the things that worked in this episode, yes, the thing with Saru was, was really cute and I love, I love their relationship. And, and everything with the aliens and communicating with them yeah, and the design of the aliens. That was, all of that was um, great. All of yeah. that was fantastic. But it's like they had this one idea. It's like, let's do this. And then, okay, what do we do for the rest of the hour? And and the rest of it was a mess. Yeah, I would agree. Who do, ah. who do we write to get Tignatero on more often? Because I think that's her. I think it's part funny. of is her schedule because she. Uh, yeah, I think that's the issue is she's doing a lot, so they only they get her when she's available. Man, but yeah, she was great. Like her, worth yeah, every credit. Yeah, her just commentary to book and just the discussion. Snark. Yeah, she she was really really good. I agree. Uh, that's the best new character that they've added, period. She's she's fantastic. They need to seriously think about only doing ten episodes instead of thirteen because they did not have thirteen episodes worth. No, of they did not. Yeah. I agree. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about upload, and we're going to talk about episodes three and four. And Allison, can you tell me again what they're called? Uh, Robin Hood uh, and. Um, hang on once. <laughs> the fr- I need the- to get to the... I don't have that good a memory. I have to go to the appropriate page. Um, it was Robin Hood and Family Day. Yes. So, Tom, what were you about to say? No, Robin Hood is uh, Nathan and uh, and His Luke best friend, yeah. Are, are stealing. Are stealing, stealing from the rich. Stealing from the rich to give to the uh, two the two gigs or two megs or whatever. Yeah, the two gig people. So they're basically stealing um, uh, data. Bandwidth. Yeah, or data. data. Yeah, they're stealing data. So they're using the little uh, screwdriver device instead of going into the back door and programming stuff. They're literally just ripping off all the rich people at the Lakeview and giving it to the two two giggers downstairs in the basement. And so that everybody can actually live a decent life in the afterlife. And though they do, and then the other plot is the, the girlfriend, I forgot her name, who pretended that she uploaded. She, she, no, yeah, she, Ingrid. Yeah, she pretended she uploaded herself, but really she didn't. Her family catches her and they're like, you have to come out and do stuff with us. So she hires somebody to be in the suit for her. And, and of course, the cool thing is that he, not Luke, what's the main guy's name? Nathan. Nathan basically likes her better because she's a real person. And <laughs> so he has a good time. They they have a good time stealing and then they do this big poker game. And oh, the casino. A, the casino. Yeah. yeah. They have this great 
casino scam to steal more money. And he has a great time with her. And then later on, he's like, you were so fantastic today. I haven't had so so much fun with you than I've ever had before. And she just looks crushed because she knows it wasn't her. Um, that should be a hint. Uh, and then the next episode was, what did we just say it was? Family Day. Family, Family Day. Day. And his mom and his cu- his niece come to visit. Niece. And I really like his niece. I like his relationship with his niece a lot. Um, so they have a good time. And then Luke decides to do something stupid with tennis. which uh, and, and fake Ingrid. Um, what was fake Ingrid doing? Well, was, wasn't it fake Ingrid initially and then it's real Ingrid for part because it keeps shifting the personality? I think at the end of, of Robin Hood, um, she switches back. Ingrid came back. Yeah, yeah. So it so is, it is it's a real Ingrid because that, that episode, she's, she's, she's trying to get the baby. Her whole thing is oh, she, she right. has yeah, the she's test. obsessed with that. Yes, yeah, so they have the uh. test where the, they have the baby and it grows and she has to deal with him at different ages. And it's really disturbing to see a grown man's face on a baby. It uh, is the, it is brilliantly creepy. Yeah. <laughs> the way they do that. And everybody keeps telling her that she would be a bad mom, and that's pretty much true. So, um, and then uh, Nor- do, what do we think about Nora's plotline? Uh, I'm not. I kind of like... don't like the. Uh... The Luds or whatever. Yeah, well, because I also feel like her new boyfriend is obviously using her. Oh, yeah. Well, I think he may or may not be falling for her, but he is definitely using her. Right. No, I think I think his feelings for her are genuine, but I think that's superseded by the fact that he is part of this weird cult. And, and you know, there, some of their goals are actually kind of laudable, but the way they go about it is, is not necessarily. And I think right. the, the part of that is... The willingness to use her um, the way he wants to. So yeah, I and I'm then not, they, they I'm do not all the mind manipulation. Like you want to do the right thing, don't you? How could you? Like they try, they do all this like reverse psychology, telling her that she's not worth it. Like they do all this it, crazy. It's a cult. It's, it's cult. Yeah, it's all the cult <laughs> language. And I thought I really thought that Nora was. Like, I get that she falls for the boyfriend. We know why she wants the boyfriend. She's running away from Nathan. We get, I get that. But some of the stuff that he's doing just feels pretty obvious that he's using her. So, eh. Yeah, I'm not liking Nora's storyline as, as much at all. What do we think about this theory that they're responsible for Nathan's death? The Lutz? Yeah. I don't think they're responsible. I don't think, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't... That, that's, I mean, that's one of the theories that was floated in the show, and I'm like, mm, well, I it's mean, kind of interesting though, because we're always we're assuming I, we were assuming it was the big company that didn't want the competition right. that yeah, wanted Nathan they, there. Yeah, I think I think that that's that's more a uh, the direction that they're going in. At least I thought that that's where the show was. was yeah, that's a, but yes, the show was giving both. They they were like because Nathan thought at first that it was definitely the company that that didn't want competition. But then they found out all the stuff the Luds were doing, and they were like, well, maybe it was the Luds. So, I yeah, don't but know. I think that that's more Could of a, a, a distraction. Um, yeah. You know what I do, I do like, which we haven't talked about, because it's just, it's sort of like this little, little sub thing that's going on, but the uh, romance. It, and it's, well, there's the romance, but there's also, there's this little thing that they have 
the AI guy who oh. um, is playing all these different characters seems to be coming sentient. And and that's an interesting concept. It's like he had this little moment of connection with, with, with Ingrid. fake Ingrid. No, um, not fake Ingrid. Was... I think it was the real Ingrid no, with the would... baby. When when no, she no, it wasn't. It was it was it was the fake Ingrid who was actually kind to him. Oh, and and she she there was this moment of genuine human connection that she had with with him, which of course the real Ingrid would have been incapable of, and it just it made him wake up in some way, which which has has been paying off, and I think it's when, it's going to just continue. When fake Ingrid hugged him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. right, because she thought of him I'm, as a person. I, I'm digging Alicia and Luke's whatever it is, because well, he, Luke <laughs> definitely has a thing for Alicia, but she's starting to reciprocate a little bit. She well, I mean, especially when she starts seeing all his dreams, he's making up of her. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's crazy. And I, I also like—I don't know if I'm a fan because Luke is such an idiot. Yeah, I, I feel like she could do better than him, honestly. He's like a TV version of an old Steve Zahn character. <laughs> so I think we're saying thumbs up for oh, yeah. uh, Upload. Uh, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about Bridgerton. And I've only seen the premiere. And Tom, you've only seen the premiere, right? No, I've seen the first two. Okay. I guess you guys can talk about the second one, but I, I guess we'll just start off talking about the first one since that's the only one I saw. Um, I had vowed to not see season two because I okay, really, page. yes, that was really what I was like, dude, I'm in it for this dude. Um, but then I saw the trailer and I was like, uh, maybe I like the idea of the two sisters. I, I, somebody apparently has been watching Hamilton. So or taming of the shrew. <laughs> uh, so I, I was just kind of like, all right, I kind of, I'm a little intrigued by this idea. And but the problem is I really don't like the older brother, and the premiere hasn't changed that. I still don't like him. He's such a pretentious jerk. Uh, I only thing is I read a review that said that they do something to kind of retro his character to where he's more sympathetic. I haven't seen it yet, but not I not lo- really retro because uh, I have I have seen it. it happens in episode three. And they, they give more background to his character. Okay. So it gives context to the way Why he, he is now. Okay, yeah. well, I haven't gotten that far. But in, in the episode that I watched, the thing that, that I liked is the older sister. I like her a lot. So because I like her, I was like, all right, fine. Let, let's see how she's going to navigate. And I liked her re- relationship with the Dowager Queen. I love their conversation. Not the Dowager Queens, with the, the Dowager the, lady, uh, um, uh, uh, lady, you know what I'm talking about. Begins with a D. Uh, oh, Danbury. Danbury. Yeah. So I love their honest conversation. Um, oh, and lady so Danbury calls her out in episode two. Well, I haven't gotten to that yet, but you guys can talk about that. But my, basically, my impression: I'm intrigued enough that I'm willing to watch more episodes. I, I don't know if I, I'm. I don't feel it. I don't know how about the chemistry or whatever the characters, but I definitely like the older sister enough. And the younger one's cute, I guess, but she doesn't feel she doesn't have substance yet to me. Uh, you guys, you've seen more. What are your thoughts? I didn't like the I didn't like the premiere that much. I just felt that it was way too much table setting, and I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. But episode two, I was in. You know, I, I liked it a lot better. 
And what did you well, like? I think, I think that you're. Oh, I was like, Go yeah. Ahead. What did you like about the second episode? Just in terms of, I mean, it's obviously a taming of the. You know, they had the meet cute in episode. It, the older sister and Anthony had the meet cute in episode one, and so we know pretty much what's going to happen. But you know, very taming of the shrew with two sisters, and you know, the the, the older sister is standing in the younger sister's way is kind of a little bit of a twist. But for me, the moment that made episode two was when the older sister is talking with Lady Danbury, and Lady Danbury calls her out and said, you're not me. I was married. I'm a widower. I've had a life. And if you keep it up, you will never be me. I'm like, you go, girl. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Allison, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, the thing is, Bridgerton... This for this season actually has uh, the same problem that um, Sanditon, which we are not talking about, but um, it's very similar because it's Jane Austen or Jane Austen influenced. Um, it has as well as that they, they both lost their lead hotties, uh, and and that made a big impression on on what they're doing for the season. Um, I think the. It's also similar in that I think the writing is just not as good. You know, um, Tom said he said this is the the first episode was all table setting, and I agree. I mean, I'm up to to episode three. I'm not going to talk about what actually happens, but um, I will say that it it that is a good way of putting it. This so far I I'm getting all table setting, and they haven't actually sat us down for a meal yet. Um, I'm I'm starving. All the things that used to be really cool about the first season, which was, you know, it was, it was, it was romantic and, and Jane Austen-esque, but it was also really sexy and edgy at the same time. And all that sexiness and edginess seems to have just vanished into the ether. And we've just got kind of, you know, like knock off Jane Austen now. And I'm, I'm wondering where all the rest of that, that, you know, fun stuff is it's it's like everybody has has just kind of been desexed uh and i i'm hoping it doesn't keep on like this but so far i'm starting to lose patience i'm i'm actually i've actually found myself starting to get kind of bored with it at at points so i i'm hoping it finds its feet before the season is over um so far i mean i'm still watching it it's you know fun to look at i guess but it's just it doesn't come up to season one not so far anyway okay because i'm thick i just noticed it after watching uh what 12 episodes of the show or whatever that the the bridgerton's kids all are alphabetically you know a through h it's like duh (laughs) (laughs) you finally see a gaggle of them together and they start saying their names it's like Oh, I get it. You guys are so clever. <laughs> well, if you're going to have 1,200 kids, you have to name them somehow. Seriously. All right. Uh, let's move on. I don't know if that was a thumbs up, but I'm going to keep watching. Uh, it's, it's more a thumbs it was, it was thumbs right now. It was it's thumbs. thumbs. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to talk Pachinko, episodes one and two. And Peter, uh, why don't you lead off the discussion since you're the one that told everybody we should be watching it? Well, I had I had um I had walked by a huge billboard for it with my mom, and my my mom was like, "Oh my God, they made that into a show!" And I I hadn't heard of the book. I didn't know about the book. I guess was you know critically uh, hailed and everything. And so I watched the pilot, 
And um, it's funny because I, um, my father's parents came from China. And so they dealt with a lot during uh, like the 40s. So they dealt a lot with the Japanese occupation in China. But I actually didn't know like anything about uh, the same thing going on in Korea. Uh, so I find this show very interesting from a historical point of view and, you know, and, and also culturally. I was like, wow, I really didn't. I didn't know anything about this. So I, I think it's uh, pretty fascinating. And also, I think that the show, from what I can tell, and Tom and Allison can speak more because I've only seen the pilot, it looks like it's basically framed in two time periods. We start with her as a little girl, but the pilot ends with her as a, eh, maybe she's a teenager or 20. So I think it's going to be, it's the it's the actress who who. Uh, was in Minari as the grandmother, who's, who was so great. She's playing love the character. her. She's great, she's I love fantastic. her. Fantastic. Uh, she's playing her in 1989, and she has a grandson um, who has come, who was in America and has just come, come back to do this deal, to do like a business deal. So I'm assuming there's a the teen or younger version of her is the other part of the story. But for me, and I'll let you guys talk more because you guys have seen more. I just, I think it's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's going to sound like a strange comparison, but it's, it's one of those kind of things that you almost take for granted after five minutes of watching it, how well made it is. I mean, it's sort of like Dune or, I mean, it's not sci-fi, but in the sense of you're watching something where you're like, wow, look at these, look at these costumes. Look at how well this is. Look at like, look at the landscape. Everything is just so like feels like period specific and also authentic and everything, but, but not in like a stodgy way where it's like boring and lame. It's just like, no, it's very, very engaging. And I'm very wrapped up in, you know, the life of this woman. Um, and I also like the guy too. I, the, the guy in 89, I don't know too much about him, but I'm assuming I'll get to know more, but I was, I was really into the pilot. I thought it was a, a really terrific pilot, like very strong, uh, and I want to keep watching, but you guys can, you guys have seen more, so you can go. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I, I'm, I'm up to three, uh, and that's the limit that they showed so far. And I'm really enjoying this. It's, it's kind of an epic thing. Like, like Peter said, it does take place in two different timelines. Uh, although it's, it's within those timelines, it's chronological. So we have, we have the first timeline that starts, and I think it's about 1912, and uh, and then we move forward there little by little, and then the other one takes place starting in 1989, and then we move forward. Um, so so as we, it's it's the way they just juxtapose it. Each timeline sort of comments on the other as we switch back and forth, and I I think it's just beautifully done. As Peter said, it's gorgeous to look at. Absolutely beautifully mounted. It looks like a movie. It's fantastic to watch. And the acting is brilliant. The one who plays the the little girl version of She's adorable. Sunda, she is more than just adorable. She is a brilliant actress. She's she has to do a lot. And she is absolutely 100% believable. And, and just, I, I could have watched her for the entirety of, of this series. She was wonderful. Um, the, the one who plays her as a teen is also equally good. And of course, you know, we've got, uh, Yunya Young, uh, who plays, uh, the older Sunya and she's amazing. Um, but I, I 
really love just all the attention to detail and the story of of her life, uh, how she goes from Japanese occupied Korea and living in in the depths of poverty uh, as a child, and then from there eventually ends up living in Osaka um, and and becoming matriarch to this large family with that's hugely successful with a son that goes off to America and becomes uh, a stock trader. You know, he's, you've got this whole long epic thing with all these different storylines going on and little by little we're, we're learning more and more. They piece together little parts and it's just beautifully done. I, I, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I don't know how long the series is supposed to be, how many episodes it is. I'm hoping it's a lot because I really, <laughs> really like spending time with this family. Do we know if it's a limited series or if it's going to actually have, you know, maybe go a couple of seasons to tell the, cover the whole I, book? I think it's limited. I think because it's it's based on a source One material book, that has yeah. a beginning and middle. Yeah, of it. it's based on – I feel like it's limited to – unless the book's really big. And I you doubt could do, that, yeah. I don't know. Like – All right. All right. I want to give a, I want to give a shout out. Jimmy Simpson plays like the token Anglo in the cast, and he's the exec that the grandson Solomon is having to work with to do this deal oh, in Japan. Where's guy from? I and know he, he's from. He's been in a lot of stuff, including Person of Interest and Westworld. Westworld. But he's yeah. got a monologue in. I think it's episode. It's either. I think it's episode two. He's got a brilliant monologue about what happened to his career. And his marriage, oh, yeah. and the two are interlinked. But yeah, I'm just, I love the way they definitely handle the the juxtaposition, juxt, juxtaposition of the time periods. So, like Allison said, the past informs the present. It's not like some shows where they're just jumping helter skelter back and forth. But yeah, it's just top notch all around. Uh, all right. Allison, okay, Allison. Yeah. Oh, before we go, Allison, it's eight eight episodes. So it is eight episodes. It's eight. Okay. All right, uh, so I'm saying those are two big, big thumbs up. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Halo. And I'll tell you, I had a choice between watching the premiere of Halo or watching Pachinko. And I know Peter was like, Pachinko's amazing. And I was like, yeah, but I played Halos for 20 years. <laughs> so I'm picking Halo. And, and Halo's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying it's brilliant. I'm not saying it's as brilliant as Pachinko at all, but how many hours that I've sat in front of my Xbox playing being so the master chief Xbox to support Halo. It's not to support. I mean, huge, I, huge hit for Paramount plus. Yeah. I heard it's the, it's the most it's the views, biggest that, the, yeah, the yeah. biggest thing they've ever done. And that's including all the Star Treks they've ever done. So we're going to expect Halo part, you know, and then we'll have all the spinoffs of Halo, I'm sure, uh, for Paramount. But uh, I have spent countless hours pretending to be the Master Chief. So watching this, I had to I had to give this a, uh, a go. And what I do really appreciate and where I think every other video game... Um, movie or tv has messed up in is they try so hard to be just like the game and this show other than the costumes like they really pay a lot of attention to the costumes and the set design the combat they do the point of view of the they they, they did that a couple of times but but they don't feel confined to the story so the story that i'm watching i was like i don't know what any of this is and that's good they're actually writing an original story in that universe. And I think that that's definitely the way to go. 
Um, and so I'm, I, the mo- and I know a lot of people were freaked out that the Master Chief was going to take his helmet off. But in the story, when he takes his helmet off, it works. It works really well. And so I wasn't mad about it at all. Though it was bothering me, his voice, I was like, why does his voice sound so familiar? And I realized he sounds like another actor. And that was, and I figured it out, but now I can't think of who it was. (laughs) Pablo Schreiber's done a lot of Schreiber. Yeah, I know, but he sounded like someone else. He sounded like someone else to me. And I knew who it was already. I already knew the casting. But I was like, why does he sound like this other, somebody else? And I figured it out, but now I've forgotten. So, sorry. Um, but I thought he did a great job. I think the story has intrigued me sufficiently that when it got to the credits, I was yelling at my television. Uh, they should have dropped two instead of just one because it didn't feel like a full meal to me, but I'm gonna let somebody else talk. Go ahead. It was an appetizer. (laughs) What did you think of it? I mean, did you ever play the game? I played the game a little bit. I wasn't, I've never been an Xbox guy the two times i've had xboxes i loaned them indefinitely to friends and didn't ask for them back I, so a not guy. a halo guy okay cool no but um you know i knew as soon as he took off the helmet that some of the hardcore people would would hit the ceiling but i'm enjoying the story it's a little generic <laughs> and by a little i mean a lot but he's good and uh the woman um the daughter the, you know the sole survivor mm-hmm. is good and yeah I, and i like their I, relationship i like I like how they're kind of trying to trust each other. And I'm one kind of reminds me a little bit of Mandalorian, except for, you know, Grogu's cuter and doesn't talk as yeah, much. She, she, does, she doesn't have the force. Yes. <laughs> I was just, my biggest question was why is this Federation type organization kind of evil? Is they, that from the names? It's from the book, the source material. Basically they have a, a big empire and, they have military to enforce it, and uh, they have these rebels that want to break. You know, they 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 have their they basically have colonized the planet, and they want independence. So some of these colon yeah, so some of these colonies want independence from the UNC, and the UNC is like, no, you will stay. Think of England. I mean, do you consider it's it's the same kind of thing? They go and they colonize all these places. And then they want to maintain control, and then the people who live there for a couple of generations are like, "No, we want our freedom." And then they send in them, they send in the Marines into to enforce their rule. And all of that changes though when the Covenant shows up. When you get this alien race that's basically just trying to kill everybody, then the focus changes. And the UNC wants the other insurrectionists to. Uh, unify so they could fight the aliens together but a lot because they've used propaganda so much nobody believes them that's the problem uh so peter your thoughts what do you think no you're right i mean the game the game takes place kind of right after this because i think they even said it takes this takes place in 2552 and i think the halo event is basically within that year. So it I don't know how this season's going to go, but yes, when you play the game, we never hear about like the colonists or the normal people. We just know we're in like space marines and there's these evil aliens trying to kill everybody. Like in the show, obviously you have to make it a little more layered. So in the show it's like, "Oh, 
yeah, maybe the army's not that great. And like the Spartans were basically designed to basically keep these guys, basically keep people in line. And they just lucked out that these aliens came and it's like, oh, well, now we really need these Spartans. Uh, right. And everything. right. Uh, another thing that I like that the show does is that and it makes sense from a budget point of view. I think the budget for Halo seems a little limited. Some of the stuff I think looks good. Some of the stuff I'm like, eh, that looks okay. I think in the game, the bad guys can speak and the, the Covenant can speak, but they're, you know, they're big aliens and everything. So it looks like what they did for the show is they have this character, Mackie, which is a woman who it seems like she was raised, raised by, she's the... raised by the Covenant. But essentially from a show's point of view, it essentially means, well, this is, this is easier because we have a human actor that can sort of speak, even though she's kind of having these scenes with other CG characters. I could see that from a practical point of view, but actually I like if, if it came from a budget thing, it's actually a creative thing that I like. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's interesting because it it draws a parallel between how she how she's seen her life at the Covenant, and of course how John One One Seven Master Chief is now wondering about his position in the being in the Spartans and everything. Right. So I was like, oh, that's actually not a bad parallel. The other thing, I I like the helmet coming off. I was kind of disappointed that we haven't gotten to Cortana. So Doctor Halsey. She's working on Cortana, obviously. She talks about it. Cortana project, but in the game, like Cortana is, and again, video games are very big with what they call the walk and talk, where you are playing the game and there is somebody with you most of the time. In The Last of Us, it's like a father father daughter kind of thing. In Halo, Cortana is his AI. So you're playing the game, and then Cortana will talk to you and be like, hey, Chief, we need to get down to this thing here or whatever. So in this, it's like, well, I guess he doesn't have that yet, but we've seen it in the trailer. Yeah, so she's she's coming. She's coming. I'm just, yeah, I'm wondering how long it'll be. Um, I thought I would agree with Tom. I think, you know, there's a genericness to some of this space opera stuff that you can either – kind of roll your eyes with or go with, you know, I'm a big fan of Halo, so I'm definitely on board. I don't think it's like the best pilot ever. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Allison saw it, if she's about to say it's the worst thing she's ever seen. Like there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely issues here, but I enjoy the world of Halo. So I will keep watching. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say that actually. Oh. Um, it's, I, it is not the best thing I've ever seen by a long shot. That's, that's, Certain. Um, but I, I don't play video games, so I'm aware of Halo only in the sense that I know it's a first-person shooter video game, and there's some character called the Master Chief, and I've, I've seen the image of this character, uh, you know. A lot, probably. <laughs> yeah, but um, I've never played the game, obviously, and then I don't really know anything beyond that point. So I figured, okay, well, I'm going to come into this and, and hope that it's not just completely opaque and made entirely for for players so i can understand what's going on and and yes i could understand what was happening i mean narratively it was fine um it's just as has been pointed out already very derivative uh there's nothing that i'm i'm facing so far that seems particularly unique that seems you know really clever um it's 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 done well okay it you know, the beginning scene with the the miners in the in the colony looked a little star warsy <laughs> A little more than I would have liked to. It's like, come on, do something else. Um, and really, they they need to put another hairdo on that poor girl. 
Oh yeah, her hair that looks is, so weird. What is up is with that? Ugliest, ugliest hair. It's like a bowl cut. Planet. Yeah, it is. It, it's a combination of like of like dreads with bowl cut, and the two do not work together at all. <laughs> um, it's but it wasn't just her. It else. wasn't just her. It was all the miners had very yeah, similar it was, cuts. It was a style. Yeah, yeah. their fashion sense. Yeah, they're, they're, they everybody, but they're all dead now. So she's the one stuck with it. Exactly. Yeah, she so. doesn't have to do that anymore. It's not a cultural thing anymore. She's the only <laughs> one with that culture. Um, she really can. I, I mean, the, leave the rest of the hair, but please just brush back the bangs. They're awful. Yeah. Um, that said, I like her as a I character. I do too. Yeah. Um, she's not. She's not cutesy and precious, which I was worried about when I heard about what the character was going to be. Um, she's. She's. You know, capable and and she asks the kind of questions that you can see yourself asking. In, in a similar situation. So I liked, I liked her. I think the the development between the two of them, um, between John and her is interesting. I really like Pablo Shriver. Um, I, I really loved him in other things that I've seen him in. And, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in this as well. And I think that the, probably the most interesting thing, if, if I'm going to say that any part of this was compelling at all, um, besides just the two of them going off together, uh, it would be the covenant itself. Um, they seem to indicate that it's not just one alien race, but a consortium of yeah, different. Alien they races. are. Yeah, they are. And so, and one thing that was interesting too, was that they refer to, to human beings as demons. So yeah. there's, well, no, 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 no. The master chief is the demon. It's because just, oh, okay. it's he's just the, the master. He's the demon. It's just him because They've battled him and they cannot kill him and they don't know why he kill like why he can defeat them so easily. So they right. decided he, that he's like the boogeyman. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. and literally and now he literally communicated with the with their artifacts, which right. drives them crazy. Which, yeah. that, that's gotta yeah. yeah. So that's why they, they consider him a demon. But I, I do was... wanna I do wanna find out why it is if they're so amenable to to having other races join this group why it is that human beings are not allowed in or human beings maybe didn't want to be in. No, I, no, I they, like they just, no, their happened. first, their first contact with humans just to kill them. Like it yeah, wasn't yeah. like, but, but why if they, if they work with other aliens, if mm-hmm. they have that ability to, to communicate with and work with other aliens, they're not like the Borg you know, or something that just attacks other people and kills them. Why the humans were different. That's, well, I that's mean, what I would find. It might be because, I mean, we haven't seen, we've, I don't know if we, we've, we haven't seen first contact, but like the covenant, even by their name, they are, yes, they have other, other, other homeworld, other aliens and stuff, but they're very religious. So it might be that their faith, doesn't mix with how humans see the world. Maybe that's, do you think Libya, maybe that, because the covenant is very religious. They're, they're very big on like doctrine and prophecy. So maybe yeah, they I got just, that from the, from the guy. Yeah, so maybe humans chair. just aren't that jam, I guess. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. But, but I am interested to see them develop that because I think if there's, if there's anything really complicated and interesting and something that that's worth building lore on, I think that that's, that's kind of the seed for that. All right, I I'm I'm we're, well. We're all agreed that we're at least going to keep going, keep watching. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's definitely. good. All right. Okay. So uh, next up, we're going to talk Severance episodes six and seven, and 
I I thought it was amazing, but I'm gonna let Tom go first and see what, what I'm he... gonna cut to the chase of episode seven because Allison texted texted <laughs> texted the mind blowing emoji. So as soon as I got up that morning, I watched it and it was holy crap because we found out that Mark S's wife is none other than Dyke and Lachman. Oh the... right, that was your mind blowing. I thought your mind. I thought the mind blowing was running the the, um, the punishment room. What do they call it? The break? No, she's not running the, the no, break she's, room. She's a therapist. Well, she's, the, she's the therapist. Well, she's the therapist, but she, and she's been taken to the break room. Yeah. But well, my then, question: Why does Mark think she's dead? Because they some they somebody staged an accident. That's the thing that's, that's crazy to me because I was like, wait a minute, he thought his wife was dead. There are so many. There are conspiracies. There. The, the thing I love about this show is they give you just enough information to lure you in and keep watching. And it's just like, holy crap. I mean, the little well, insurrection in episode seven. Is well, it episode I, seven already? Yeah, seven. But my oh, question oh, to you, I want your feedback before you run off. I want your feedback or thoughts on when, oh, oh God, what is his name? He goes, he the retirement party for Bert. Is his name oh, Bert? for Bert? Yeah, that retirement party, how everybody's all cheering, and I it's like he, know, I, I know, and then and the only person that realizes that they basically are going to kill him is is uh, God, what is his name? John Turturro. Yeah, whatever his character's name is, he's the only one that is sad and is crying and is and like realizes and realizes they basically are punishing him for the insurrection and Irving, are killing. Excuse me, Ir- Irving. Yeah. yeah, so they basically are punishing him and are killing him, and everybody else is having. Like they're they're basically having all this fruit and celebrating and cheering and he's like, dude, they're gonna I'm kill him. Party. Yeah, they're like It's like as soon as he as soon as he retires, essentially this part of his identity, this this person you know, ceases to exist. Correct. Forever. Which might not be the worst thing. It it isn't, but for Irving it is because basically Yeah, because that's the guy yeah, that he's he, in love with him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but the whole, I mean, all the revelations they've given from the uh, the remote deactivation thing. Oh, that was fantastic. What? Oh, man. Oh, and finding out the other guy has a son? Like, that was like, because the Him thing is. finding out he's got that's a son. Right, I know, but that's the thing. In one episode, or two episodes, they basically took the two characters that weren't rebellious and gave them motivation to be to rebellious. Rebel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And I mean, so, they, they essentially changed Dylan's entire character the second he realizes that he, that has, a he son. has this life, he has outside a, a life outside and a son. It's like, I mean, before he'd been all kinds of like, you know, creepy Mr. Office guy, you know, and, right. and suddenly it's like it's deadly serious because he has a family out there. He has a son. Burn and this place to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then now they've got the key that allows them to go anywhere that they want and as long as it works anyway well yeah oh that's true because they know that the guy's dead now so you would think that they would deactivate the key at some point um but sometimes officers don't do that so uh and they they have that they're getting out when they're not supposed to so yeah but they haven't figured out how that's happened but Yeah. yeah that's that's so cool uh, well, I think Mark will be in trouble if they realize he's got that dude's key, and then they might piece together that Mark outside actually. Well, I don't know; it's confusing now. But yeah, I'm really liking it. Peter, you haven't commented yet. What do you think? You're still on mute. Sorry, I was on. Yeah, I was on mute. Uh, I love it. You know, it's weird. I really liked the pilot 
And then for some reason I didn't keep watching. And then I just basically like burned through it like pe- this past week. And yeah, it's really good. And also you guys aren't even mentioning that like, yes, that security, that <laughs> killing that guy was so brutal. Oh like, yeah. Was, she hit oh, him with wow. the baseball bat like 20 totally times. Killed him. Like yeah. I was like, man, only for, cause this type of show, it's always like violence is implied and stuff. So I was like, whoa, I was like, all right, like. That's it. So that was in your uh, face. Yeah, that it was, was very in your face and stuff. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think it's really terrific. I, uh, I, I, because I know now that they, they, uh, they did get renewed. They supposedly not only got renewed for a second season, but they already started shooting the second season. And so I keep wondering, like. How much did they know that? Because watching this show, I'm like, is this a one season thing? Like, because it, like, did you guys, while you're watching it, did you feel like this will all be one story that you would do in eight episodes or whatever? No. It does have that feel, actually, because it's taken from a short story. So oh. I I assumed that this was just, you know, a, a show with a beginning, a middle, well, and an not, end. Not, not, I guess not from where we are now. There's so many unanswered questions, and we're almost at the end. So sure. from I mean, where it, it's a concept that they can they can add on and embroider and develop more, right? So, which because we haven't met we do. haven't met the board yet. We haven't right. We haven't. There's met so the much board. stuff that we haven't we have seen. No, right. We have no idea if there are other other lumen offices around the globe that are that are doing this tech we don't know like yeah and we also we actually do know that there there are other locations apparently um apple uh put out a book uh which from what i can see is only available to people who are on apple devices because you know <laughs> uh, wait, wait you mean the apple you mean the real apple not lumen not the not fake lumen. no they put out but they put out a book um, about Lumen. It's called, it's called Severance the Lexington Letter, and it's about it's it's written by uh, anonymous from their uh, their offices in Lexington, Kentucky, and this you know someone who who was able to kind of do what our group is doing and and rebel a little bit and became aware of of nasty things happening and from what i understand there's a lot more about lumen and what they're about and hints of what they're doing uh so you get a much more complex view so they're they definitely i'll wait till i finish yeah i'll wait till i finish the finale before i take a look at that i don't want to get spoiled or even think about it you guys right. aren't even mentioning. But then you need to then you need to tell me about it because I can't download it. <laughs> um, also, you guys didn't didn't mention one of my favorite aspects of the entire season. You know, episode seven is called Defiant Jazz. That whole party. Oh, oh the dance party. Oh, my God. <laughs> that guy who's kind of like the bad guy. He was so he great. Dancing in his face. And then he just freaks out. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, and he's you like, you bit me. Like, he's like, you bit me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that whole scene. He drew blood, too. Just this whole, yes, you you can have five minutes of defiant. What do you choose? I choose defiant jazz. Like, that <laughs> was great. That was so cool. I was like, wow. It was so unhinged and yeah. weird. It was so I weird. Every yeah. Moment of it. Yeah. Just him dancing around with everybody. And he. it was like he was really enjoying it more than they were. And it was just, that was so I will weird. Say, the only thing that i would i would be curious to see what you guys think is that 
Um, and I understand it's a point of view thing is that like the show's done a really good job of baking, basically making us care about Mark, Dylan, Helly. Wait, is that, is there an Irving? Irving. Oh, John Jaturo. Yeah. Irving. Uh, and which is great. I like, you know, I want to, I want to know more about their real lives. You know, like it feels, seems like Helly is a pretty terrible person. Like the, the real Helly or whatever. <laughs> like, um, but the only thing I don't quite, I wonder how the season's going to go or, you know, more seasons is, do you think that they'll ever make us sort of understand Patricia Arquette and that guy, the guy, like they're pretty terrible. And I'm like, are they just bad people? I just feel like, I think, I think Patricia Arquette is a true believer. Whatever the mission statement. Yeah. She has a shrine. Like she is a true, true believer. She's kind of a jerk. I mean, I, like, I, that's true believers are like that man it's yeah. like it, they believe she's, she's they're more doctrine. than a little jerk she's dangerous yeah but i and i think milchik is too and i think it both comes from the same place that they are they are not the they are not severed but they are absolute true believers they are like right. you know major inner circles they don't see how inhumane they're treating these people like i mean like i they, don't think they see them as no, people don't. i don't but think for you oh i get okay well i guess my question to you guys is so do you think that is i guess a you know what they say it's a you know it's a feature not a bug because typically especially in television shows you want your antagonists it's not that you necessarily want to side with them but you kind of want to be able to sort of see their point of view it just makes it more interesting and i was like they're like they are so they're so bad to these people i'm like i'm never going to take your side like well i mean I but you uh, the their point of view is the people that we're seeing are not people. They only see the Audis they, as they real people. They clearly are people. I'm <laughs> saying it, but it depends to on you. To you and to me, but the, not, not to them. Not to them. They, they are constructs. They've, they've even instructed the, the um, people who, be, uh, who opt for severance to think of their innies as not real. We heard that from Heli yeah. when she said, you're not a person. And and that's kind of the attitude that that all of them are encouraged to think that the person who is is inside doing the work is not a person, and and that's how they can deal with this. So I think that that's where that comes from. But I also think part of the reason that we haven't been given that much background on anyone really except Mark, which was bothering me. I wanted to know more about Dylan and Helly and, and Irving and everybody else. Um, and what their outside lives were. And I think part of the reason we did not was because they had to hide that surprise about Dyke and Lockman again, um, you know, finding out that who she really was. And if, if she was the only person we didn't see on the outside, we'd know something was up. So I think that part of the reason we did not learn about anyone else's outside life up until now was so they could, they could hang on to that surprise. I think we'll see more of this yeah. now from here out. You're saying, yeah, but, but it's go ahead. clearly like again. I do really like Pachinko, but I do feel like this is the best show. On I mean, I think we all agree. I mean, it really is the best. Like as far as like my appointment viewing, I think it's the best thing on right now. Yeah, I would say that I too. Someone, someone just asked me that quest, that literal question. Friday? Yes. Yeah. Wait, no, that's today Sunday. <laughs> they asked me that question Friday. They were like, "What's your favorite show on TV right now?" And I said Severance. And I was like, well, it was Foundation last year, but this year it's definitely Severance. 
And then I realized both of those shows are Apple Apple shows. Yeah. <laughs> and I was talking to HBO executives, and I was like, uh. uh. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm looking forward to House of Dragons. I'm really looking forward to House of the Dragon. You know? Good save. I mean, yes, uh, you know, whatever, whatever our feelings are about the monolith that is Apple as a corporation. And like like uh, Allison said, not even being, I'm assuming that means she's an Android person. So now she can't open the Lumen thing. I do think Apple as a streaming service, they've they've done a pretty up, good up their job. Game, short, yeah. yeah, in a they short have. period of time, it's like they they could not rely on basically catalog they couldn't rely on having a season of the office like netflix or hulu and so basically all their stuff is just original program and not all their stuff's perfect but they yeah there is a i am quite surprised you know ted lasso severance we like foundation i know allison doesn't like foundation but like they i am i yeah i think they've yeah <laughs> they really can for and for what five bucks compared to 20 for netflix i mean like, <laughs> like maybe, i will yeah. say that i'm watching more shows on apple than i am on netflix right now yeah like they, crazy yeah. although none of us watched that suspicion that looked okay i did watch the pilot of suspicion oh well that's not a good sign yes <laughs> it was not it was not great it was not great so every so they have they have some bombs they have some bombs but yeah, Severance, Mythic Quest, yeah, good stuff. All right, so let's wrap this up. We're giving Severance two thumbs up and don't want our thumbs severed. Ha, 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 that was a terrible <laughs> joke. All right, uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com. Follow us on Twitter, sci-fi.radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Later. Bye.